Short game-wise, yes, I can. Long game-wise, no. No, I have not. He's talking the long game. They played the long game. The long game. They gotta play the long game. They played the long game. They're experienced and they played the long game. game is back all right long game is back case good to see you my friend um the emails keep coming in the swedish listeners keep coming in um i'm i'm happy to be here i got the next i got the the other new long game long game tea on the 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 brand is growing how you doing my friend i'm great how are you do you watch some golf this weekend I watched about an hour, you know, I came in real hot. I was like, I'm going to go hard and watch the Grand Thornton on Thursday. Uh, Lucas Glover and Leona made it early, like a hot run. And, uh, you know, Janko texted me. He's like, I'm listening to the, I listen to the pod. I heard you pick Glover. He's, he's making, he's on a heater. I watched it for like an hour on Thursday. And then I watched the, I watched, I happened to flip it on at the, on, on Sunday afternoon. And, um, Lydia Ko stuffed a three wood into a par five to like six feet and her and Jason Day made a birdie. I turned it off. They ended up winning. That was about the extent of me watching. How did, did you get into it at all? Yeah, I popped in for a little bit every day. The The one thing about it, I'll say that was a little bit difficult as a new viewer. It's the first time ever having that tournament. Uh, not knowing exactly what's, what's the format this day, because every day is right. a different day, right? F- scramble, whatever it was. So, but besides that, I thought, I thought it was, it was good golf. I, I thought it was really cool. Um, I feel like I saw way more good golf shots from from the women than the men from what I watched. But uh, I think it was a big success for everyone. And and we'll see if it grows next year. Uh, yeah. And I kind of like I kind of like this, like a little stretch in December of um, this format and then the PNC. Like it's still golf. It's still fun. I, I made a note of this. I wanted to mention you. I saw on Instagram. This was on PJ Tours Instagram. Um, they posted a bunch of pictures of like some teams early in the week and they had a whiteboard and everyone lit it said um it said one rule for the week, hype song and one word to describe each other. What was interesting is five of the groups that they posted, five out of five, all had this one rule for the week, and it was no apologies, no sorries, no saying sorry, which in all seriousness, I think that's a super relatable thing. Like if you've ever played in a team format with someone, there's just like this, like if you hit a bad shot, you instantly want to turn to your partner and say like, sorry, or if you miss a putt, you want to say sorry. And I think that was cool to see them level set and be like, Hey, we're, we're each like in this together. Don't apologize. Like, please don't do that. Don't, don't bring that into the group. And I thought that was an interesting, like little nuance that in a pretty lighthearted event to see them be like, no, sorries, we're just going to play this together. I think that's a great mentality for a team event. Or if you're Corey Connors, no sorries. (laughs) Corey, he had a little heater, a little heater yesterday. Yeah, turned it on. But yeah, I thought it was great. Um, It wasn't officially part of our Grinders tour, but um, I think I'm not... um, I don't even want to do this. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, I beat you again, but only (laughs) just by 100,000. But really, the most important thing to focus on is the year-long scoreboard update. Um, We didn't didn't even... Neither of us picked the top two teams. I know, and there's only 20 people. Right. But you've got about uh, just over a million dollars so far in the year, and I'm okay. at uh, two point seven five million. So it's all good. See me, see me when the century, see me when the century pops off. Yeah. I'll be here when when the when the guys hit Hawaii. That's when Dave gets hot. 
Yeah, I'm, I've been trying to like no more getting cute. I just it, pick pick the pick the horses and and let's move on. Actually, well, you can't. No, actually, that's what's interesting. This has been once we get into the year, we're not going to be able to pick our Scotties and our and our victors. We're going to be back to picking Camillo and it's true. Else. It's we started this this idea for picks. We said everyone does picks for the top guys. Let's do grinders, people that are outside the top one fifty in the world. And I think we had one tournament where there was even people outside the 150 playing. We went from Tigers All Star Challenge down in the Bahamas to to uh, last week this, and then next week next week we'll get into it or, or this week coming up um, the PNC. But just to close out on on last week, I thought the event was so cool. It really made me think: Do we need some kind of a Solheim Cup Ryder Cup hybrid that is a U.S. versus Europe men? women challenge i think that could be some incredible must-see tv yeah that would be great it would be great if it was as intense as the Ryder cup and solheim cup are well that's the thing right the right we already know the Ryder cup's intense and the solheim cup is arguably more intense there's been some crazy clips over the last 20 years or so out of that tournament so i feel like Kind of what you're talking about too, the pressure of like, don't say sorry. Like it would make things even more kind of frothy. I think that could yeah. be some cool TV. So yeah. that's a free one for the tour, whoever organizes that. <laughs> Which Mike is, Juan. There is no one over. And, and the, 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 whoever runs it, there is no management. Greg Norman, get on that. It would be a great, a great idea for, for, for some, some prince, whoever, who runs golf now. So this week they got the PNC. You put this in our prep doc. This is the 26th year of the PNC. Unbelievable. Uh, I did not know that it's at it's at the Ritz Carlton in, in Orlando. So they they just go around playing the Ritz courses this time of year. I guess if you're going to plan a golf trip, just go to a, a local Ritz in Florida, and there's a good course there. Not bad. And and we should mention this is the annual father son tournament, or excuse me, father daughter or Whoa, daughter dude. father. Are you going to get us canceled? Parent, uh, parent, I was almost parent, parent uh, teacher, human I'm in human. that mode <laughs> parent right now. Teacher. Yeah. Conference, yeah. No, An- Annika played with her son. He stole the crowd last year. Uh, Tiger and Charlie not playing. They are playing. They of are. Of course, they're. I thought we weren't going to see Tiger. They said we weren't going to. I guess this doesn't really count. No, I think they. A few weeks ago, he confirmed they are playing. <laughs> Defending champ VJ Singh and his son Cass. Cass. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that's exciting. Did you have you have you watched this tournament before? Uh, I watched it last year. I bought into the Tiger and Charlie hype. Um, I, it's kind of always on. I always see like the sinks, the you know their unit of a family rolling around. I've always seen the sings. Um, it's one of those that I don't, I don't always see it on, but I find my way like seeing clips on social media, like Instagram and YouTube, and I end up watching yeah. a bunch of it. Well, it definitely hit a hit a peak last year with Charlie, and I think that's only going to get worse this year. And yeah. for us Tiger fans, I should yeah. say, only going to well, get better. It just it, it's cool to me because um. So much of I do feel like so much of golf talent is passed down because like if you if you grew up and let's say your dad was VJ Singh, like you know golf is gonna a golf club is gonna be in your hand from from you know the minute that you're born and you grow up around you know your your dad is the best golf instructor because he's one of the top pros and so it's cool to me even people that have not like made it on tour to find out that so and so's you know son or family or whatever is is an incredible golfer that that part is cool to me. No different than like watching other sports and finding out, oh, like this family has, you know, three kids in the NFL. I think that part of it is cool to me. Yeah. Title sponsor. You want to do title sponsor challenge? Sure. It's it's this it's time for this week's edition of Title Sponsor Challenge, one of the hottest 
game shows on the internet right now. Hold on. Hold on. We did. We got some love. We got some love last week. Uh, uh, whoever runs the social account over there at, at Grant Thornton, specifically the Grant Thornton Invitational page was all over our, our social accounts oh, yeah. last week. Shout so out I can to only... that 25-year-old that who, who liked that. Made our week. Uh, all right, so... Of- I think this Speaking is a little my, more. My main- first job, okay. by the way, when when we worked together at our PR agency, like one of my very first tasks was like, I would have to write tweets for a client. <laughs> this 2009, write tweets for a client, send it over in a in an uh, Excel sheet, and they would approve approve them. And and uh, I could, can only imagine what I was writing and what yeah, they were improving. You, you, you need. A 20-year-old doing that for you. You can't do that yourself <laughs> you do. with your in- internal knowledge. But I, I didn't look this up. I didn't look this up. PNC, this is it, my moment. I, I didn't like look... It, yeah, I feel like this is a little more mainstream of a of um, an addition of this. But Dave, what does PNC do? PNC is a bank. It's got to be a bank. Yeah. Is it a bank? Yep, it's a, yes. it's a bank. PNC so you're on the scoreboard Park. now, finally. I think you're over Park. Three that. Is that a thing? PNC Park, yep. Phillies? Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. You should have really just stopped talking when you were right. <laughs> Anything else you want to pretend to know about it? Oh, no, so PNC is a bank. I almost said, what is PNC Bank? And that would have ruined the whole segment. Um, officially, PNC Financial Services, one of the largest diversified financial service in- institutions in the U.S. Uh, Dave, do you know what PNC stands for? I'm going to guess not since you thought um, they played elsewhere. It stands for Pittsburgh National Corporation and... Oh, sorry. What does this say? All right. Provident National Corporation, two Pennsylvania banks that merged in... Wait, hold on. In 1983, there was two banks that had the initials PNC <laughs> that merged. And get this, they called it PNC. <laughs> How does that Amazing. work? He's like, oh, we sold off to PNC. He's like, we are PNC. Yeah. What the hell are you talking about? Um, it's actually the best the best brand move you, you could have pulled. There doesn't need to be. There's no confusion. We're just one PNC now. And the Pittsburgh Pirates, that's where um, the Pirates play, Dave. Never seen them. Never seen a game. Does Andrew McCutcheon still play for them? You know what? I think he does. <laughs> really? I think he played for them forever, and then he left. He went to like the Yankees, a bunch of places. And I think he, like as of last year, went back to them after years that's away. Amazing. That's hilarious. Uh, that's great. Um, shout out. Um, we'd love to have you in the pod, Andrew. I hope you Andrew, play golf. Andrew, come on the pod. I don't have a I don't have a restaurant review this week. We've been we've been busy doing. Uh, doing so let's just stuff. say if you're down in uh, Orlando for the PNC this weekend, um, just have a beer. <laughs> any beer, beer? Any beer, Dave? I'm yeah, sure Bud Light. It's, it's a Bud Light. Well, I'm sure it's like whatever they get. It's a specific type for that tournament. So Bud whatever Light, your it usually says what like domestic or whatever. Drink, Go for the light Bud beer. Light. All right, let's do our picks for the week. All right, so there's only 20 people in this field. Again, or 20 20 teams, 40 people. Um, So who's going first? Uh, You you go first. Yeah, no, you go first. You could take it. You can just don't take the sinks and you can go first. No, I'm just going to take Tiger because that's what I do every time he's going to be. I'm going to tell you, if I have the first pick in any tournament and Tiger's out there and I'm going to be watching him i'm going to be rooting for him so i'm going to take uh, tiger all right and- so you have a uh, woods comma charlie and woods comma tiger that's that's my pick. I, i'm surprised you didn't take the trevinos but um <laughs> this is amazing this is the first time i've seen this field live actually wow which is great uh okay i um the Glo- does glover have any offspring he could dominate this with or no dude he can't play he can't play in or- this this many weeks in a row the guy needs to be home with an does ID. he have kids 
Of course he does. He's I would think he might kid. be sterile because of the pant sweat. But it's, anyway, go ahead. It's an insane comment. <laughs> it's an insane comment. Uh, all right. I got some I got some ganks. I I'm, I'm going to go with the Longers. Bernhard Longer Ooh. and uh and his son uh Jason. I think that's his name. <laughs> Jason Longer. <laughs> Is it hard to pronounce? How does it spell? <laughs> no, no, no. My my screen like disappeared. They scrolled away. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> um, uh, I, I feel like he's a killer. I feel like the Longers are I feel like they're killers in these events. <clears throat> I like it. And he's he's a staple on the Champions Tour, right? He's still in a sure single sure is. event. Um, okay, so I get back-to-back. Oh, no, you get back-to-back picks here. We get, oh, we get confused by the snake dra- draft every single week. So We do. We'll, we'll get it next week. Go ahead. You're, you get two in a row. All right. Mm, this is. T- I don't want to do this, but I got to get on the board I, I should somehow. say we're, we record, we're recording on a Monday morning. The betting odds were not out for this yet, but I think in past years... We're, I think the top like five betting favorites are. All right, you know what? I'm gonna go. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my guy Patty Harrington and his son, Karen. Um, Reason why Patty's one of those guys that the more that I've you know he's always on his YouTube stuff is great. He's he's prolific on Twitter. I've become more of a fan of his over the years, and I would you know obviously I didn't I didn't pick Tiger because he's overrated. Um, So I'm gonna go with Patty Harrington. Good on YouTube. And for that reason, he's picking him to win this tournament this week. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go back to back picks. I'm gonna I'm gonna take maybe the betting favorite, I would think, uh, the Thomases, Justin and his father, who is like a, a good player in, in his own right, correct? Is he? He's like 80. I, well, okay. It's 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 a scramble. It's a scramble. Like a dad that can putt is like maybe the most valuable tool Ugh. in the history of of scrambles. So Tiger and JT, and you know they're playing together. Definitely, oh yeah, for will, sure, of course, hundred uh, percent. And then for my my last pick, I'm going to take Steve Stricker, who I think he won three of the four majors on the Champions Tour last year, playing great, and is playing for the first time in the field alongside his daughter Izzy, a recent Wisconsin high school state champion. Whoa, that's sick! I love that. Mm-hmm. She's a she. So she won the she won the Wisconsin high school state championship. Oh, yeah. in volleyball. In no golf? golf, it's amazing. Volleyball. That, that how would a dream where did volleyball come be? from? No, I'm just I'm just being a jerk. I'm just being a jerk. That's amazing. That's I. That's like we just had how, a, such a nice moment recapping the first ever male female equal pay equal purse. <laughs> everything's even Steven's tournament. We got yeah. through that without anything no, to offend great. Yeah, just as, just as my business is really doing great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the time. That's cool. That's great. Uh, okay, la- for, for me, I'm going to go with the Furics, Jim and Tanner Furick, just because it's a great name, Tanner Furick. Yeah, and you need someone on your team to choke down the stretch, so good pick. Do you know he shot 58 once at the, uh, yeah. at the, at the Travelers? Just letting you know. I think he has a 59, too. It's insane. I Do you think know he, he shot- ruined two Ryder Cups uh, on Sunday by completely choking away leads on the back then? He's like and the I've perfect. Never forgiven him for he's it. like the perfect guy of that like kind of in between era. Like he's made he's made hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars playing professional golf, but like still doesn't hold a candle to to Tiger or others. I'll never forget one year I used to work the Deutsche Bank Championship down here in uh, in Massachusetts when it was part of the FedEx Cup schedule. He came through. I think he was either sick of his putter or they or his flight, his airline lost his putter. He went to like a local place in like the Mansfield, Foxborough area, found this like knockoff putter or whatever. I don't think it was a brand name and won the tournament with it. So love that. How love great it. is that? 
I love, there was like a story like that, like last year, I think Shane Lowry, his putter broke, he went to like a local yeah. PGA superstore. These guys, they play the same stuff we do, man. That's why the ball yeah. has got to be one. Um, all right, we got no news, so that's picks for this week. I'm ex- I'm actually excited to watch this. And then yeah, um, nothing we're back. happened. No, Rom didn't leave the tour. Um, the tour is not crumbling. Yeah, go uh, listen to all the other golf podcasts for for yeah, for that. They've got great takes on that. I'll give you some airtime on this. Did did what what bothered you the most about the the Rom thing? The jacket, the jacket, the <laughs> idea that like I'll tell you what really <laughs> bothers me about it is. Oh, I don't know if we have enough time for this, but. <laughs> Live bothers me so I like I don't care. Go make money, go do sure. whatever. I want to see the best players play against each other because that's what I like watching. I want to see Yep. When Tiger won a the, the 90 whenever anyone wins the biggest tournament, I want the best people involved. When people when Tiger was injured for all those years and people were winning majors, it was still this like a, well they're winning but Tiger was not around. So so the I know I know the majors will have everyone but I want to tune in every week and watch the best players. I agree. Aside from that, this whole undercurrent of the people who like live, it's kind of like a anti PGA tour thing, right? Who are these people? Like what, whose thing is like, (laughs) I like, I like the destruction of golf. That's what I'm rooting for. Right. Like what you you like golf enough to want to watch it fracture, like not the best product. Like everyone should be against live that likes golf. Like, if you want to consume the best, you want to see the best. You want to hope that everyone works together and one tour comes out of this. Maybe there's a live subsidiary where they play team events. But who are these people that are like, whenever live gets a player, they're like, oh, and they're dunking on like the, the, tour. the Twitter. Like, it's it's on tw- Twitter is insane. If you scroll on a post and you just there's like thousands of live defenders. I'm like, who are these people? But, but like, what what are you? you you're just standing like you're excited about the one tour being like the PGA tour what's happening to it is bad for golf. Sure. There's no there's no other way to spin it. So it's like these ma- masochists that just like to see the <laughs> like, golf world like burn. Like if, or... if Steph Curry, if Steph, if Steph left the NBA and like was only going to play in like the, the, the big three. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, now what are you going to do? They took your player. It's like, well, you're not even going to go watch. Like none of these people are ever going to watch Live. So it's just people that are like hyping up Live that will never watch golf. Like you wouldn't talk about a, a league that's just standing on nothing. Having said, said that, I did watch uh, about the last 20 minutes of the live yesterday had their um, kind of like a promotions thing. It's like a Q school. Yeah. Kind of uh, fascinating. They had four guys in the playoff going down for three spots. So shout out to so actually to some, the pod, actually some stakes, actually some competition. Yeah. Um, do you think that there was a way we, we, we got to wrap? So we, but we'll talk about this just for we could spend an hour on this. We got an interview we got to get to. We got an interview we got to get to. We're going to talk about that. Um, but do you think there was a way that like was it if, if if you're John Rahm and you take the money, I'm just curious as a as a PR from a PR standpoint, was there any other way that he could have handled this where it would have gone better, or was it kind of just like fuck, I gotta just take it? Like it was so weird, the jacket going on Fox News, doing all these like weird interviews, and but, like not not ever owning it really. Like was there a way he could have approached this that would have made this better? Well, I think. My honest take of what I think happened, and we even we touched on this a few weeks ago, he withdrew from the virtual league saying he didn't want to travel. These guys travel on private jets nonstop. It's not a big deal to get to Orlando um, or wherever they're going to have it. So that was like a first smoke signal. And then we knew this deadline was coming up for the agreement with the tour and, and live. But what I 
honestly think happened is you've we've been hearing for a while the guys that didn't go to live who were kind of in the middle. Obviously, Rory's not looking for to be compensated because he didn't go to live. He he had, took a moral stance and Tiger. A lot of guys were in that camp. Rom was in the camp of like it's not right for me now, but who knows? So he was one of the first guys because of that reason. He was one of the first guys people were saying this is someone that you're going to probably have to make whole if you're going to make this agreement with with live and these guys are going to come back to the tour you're going to have to compensate him because he you know did the quote unquote right thing for the tour at the moment at that time to stay when everyone was was leaving they were he- hemorrhaging top players if if this I, I think this might just be a way to make him whole um look if the agreement doesn't go through the end of the year then live will have rom and like i don't I think that's a good a good scenario for them. They're happy with that, but they're at the negotiating table. They probably threw more money than Rom ever thought he he could get. He knows like if this agreement goes through with the tour, I'm going to be back on the tour anyway, maybe next year or a year after that. So what what's the point of taking this moral stand anymore? Let me just cash in because like we talked about uh with Dave coming up, your your golf coach like the whole moral thing is kind of out the window. So I think he just got to a point where he said, I'm going to be back on the tour. There's no way, you know, live is going to be its own thing for, for this long. This is a big bargaining chip for live to help make sure the two tours do end, end up merging. And he's like, I'm going to get the money. I, I should have got probably more. And then I'll be back anywhere in a year and I'll play in all the, he gets five years exemptions in all the majors. So it's like hedging that all of this is going to explode and there's going to be one place to play golf anyway. And he went and got paid. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was, but to answer your, your question on the Jack and all that stuff, that's all just live. That's when you get paid that much, you do, you're putting on whatever the fuck they tell you to. Yeah. But that, it just goes into the whole thing. It's like the Letterman jacket, like the cool, like who cool. thinks that's like cool? No one, no one who plays golf. Right. thinks any of that's cool thinks anything about the league is cool team-based stuff is cool but like they go about it so like in your face and this is like this is what the other people wouldn't do it's like this this is not good for anyone no one thinks this is cool no. the people who think this is cool are casual golf fans who yeah. are going to abandon you the second they stop caring it's right I'm I'm like I'm on YouTube like watching like how to hit shallow wedge techniques like should you chip with your 50 or your 56 that's what I'm interested I want to geek out on the golf stuff but John Rahm in a leather jacket look looking cool on Fox News is like but but maybe but it's also funny that that's what they think is going to appeal to the to that other the other wave but that anyway I mean and golf does need more casual fans right like I'm sure. a fan of sports I've never played before but it's I don't know. I just don't know who that's for. That that whole league. Yeah. All right. Well, we have a treat. Uh, enough of this nonsense. We have a treat this week. We have the first guest in the history of this podcast. Uh, my coach, my instructor. He's a business owner, an entrepreneur. Now, a friend of mine, Dave Jankowski. Case we we wrapped up with him before we did this. I'm just curious to hear your reaction to that conversation. I had a I had a lot of fun. I was like, man, we should maybe bring on some more guests. That was fun. He 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 was great. Um, obviously has had a long history teaching and understands the best way to get through to people, especially this day and age with technology, track man, all that stuff. So at some point, I'm going to have to get up there to the golf garage in, in Vermont um, with you, get me on the track, embarrass myself. But um, is that what do people call it the track? Is that a cool no, abbreviation? No one's ever said that. No, that's like maybe maybe on live, maybe at live, they call it the track. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. So enjoy, enjoy this conversation with Dave Jankowski. 
Um, he was actually just named the top golf instructor in Vermont by Golf Digest. So good, good timing, good PR promo. Here's our conversation with Dave Jankowski. Okay, we this is great. This is big news. We got the first guest in the history of the long game pod, Dave Jankowski, my friend, my golf instructor. It started as golf. It started as a guy that I got a lesson from to then transition to coach, which is a different relationship, which we can talk about. Now we're friends. He's one of the OG listeners of the long game pod. Dave Jankowski is here. Thank you for joining us. And uh, Case, I don't know if this made the way down to you in the Boston area, but uh, we we have the uh, number one teacher in in Vermont. Recently published in Golf Digest, he's the top top golf instructor, and uh, I know why. Friend of the program, Janko. Thank you for being here, sir. Thanks for giving what a, us what some an time. honor. What an honor. I have to I have to say first that every time I listen, that intro and outro is oh, it fire. hits right. It's so I'm good. looking for that to become an entire beat of its own. I need so a track. good. They played the long game, like the way that Trevor Immelman says that is so good. (laughs) And it's amazing we got all those people, Stephen A. Smith, Immelman, to clear that for us, right? (laughs) You guys are big. Royalty free, so shout out to them. I had the company that produced the podcast Hatch. They're always like, they're like, yeah, if it's like less than, and don't, this is not their legal advice. They said if it's like, if it's like less than 10 seconds, like you should be good. So we got all those, those little clips. It's a great Um, ad for them. (laughs) <laughs> for Hatch. Yeah, no, come on, Hatch. Uh, so Janko's here. Um, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Janko, this is big. Said. When yeah, when, when podcasts have their like 100th anniversary episodes, they always go back to guest one. So we're going to have to say Rory Tiger. Sorry, not this week. Yeah. Janko, join the pod. Exactly. Janko, join the pod. <laughs> well, we got to keep him around because... Um, yep. I, he helps me keep it in the fairway and now he's in, so he's like connected to my life and has to be, and now he's connected to the pod. So we're like, we're layers deep here, but Janko for, um, give us that that kind of, that kind of goes into my philosophy of golf instruction though. It's you partner with somebody, you don't just give them a lesson and let them go because they're going to get lost. (sighs) Well, I feel like even like, you know, when I first started going to you, I got an intro from somebody up here and I was like, Hey, I really want to work. I really want to get better. Like when when I moved up here, I had some time. I always knew that I needed to get a le- get lessons, get in get in- instruction. But I kind of had the philosophy of like I'm going to go get a lesson, and this is all going to be figured out. And I got an intro to you. I went to you. We we you know we we played nine holes. You were at Burlington Country Club at the time. We go play nine holes, and start going to you like once ish a month. But now that I see like the type of relationship that we have and the fact that I can go see you weekly and we talk regularly, I mean, just the difference between that and like a one-off lesson, can you, can you just, what, what's your, what's your perspective on that? Obviously the more time you have someone with the better, but like you see amateurs all the time. Does everybody kind of come in with this like quick fix mentality? Like you're going to get an hour lesson and like, we're going to magically solve all of your, your, your golf issues. Yeah, my, I mean, my philosophy is is to partner with people. I don't, I don't really give golf lessons. I partner with people. I, I, my feeling is just going through the things I've been through in my life uh, with golf, being in and out of golf. Um, you know, I had instruction along the way, but I never felt like I had somebody to partner with, and I feel like it took me a lot longer t- to get to where I'd like to be. Um, than than now like i have a coach i have a a gentleman scott cowks in canada 
who who I go who I do Zoom instruction with regularly, and um, I, I bring that belief into my own game. And I, I I feel that everybody needs to have somebody that they can have as a resource. If you look at anything you do in life, I mean, how many things do you do where you don't have a resource to help you learn, be better, do better, get better? Um, and I, I just feel that you know, one-off lessons allow you to walk away. And then you're trying to figure out that one-off lesson on your own. <laughs> Not going to go very well most of the time, especially when you go on Instagram and YouTube and you try to weave them all together. It's just... Okay, so you know what he said to me last last <laughs> year? So last year, I've been, I've gone to him a bunch, right? Last year, he opens up this indoor facility, and, and we're going to talk about that. I want to talk about like you you becoming an entre- entrepreneur, leaving the kind of country club world, opening a opening the facility, the benefits of indoors. What's amazing for me, I talk about this a lot on the pod, is uh, it's made golf a year-round sport for me, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But um, one of the first things that you said, I said to you, I said, look, I want to commit. I want to go all in. I'll spend whatever. Like I want to, I want to work. I want to coach. I want to work all the time. The first thing you said to me was, great, no more fucking YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, it, it can be it can be great, but the 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 problem with YouTube and Instagram is they don't have any context behind what you are and what you're doing. So there's so many different ways you can do things, but when you match, you know, a certain move that they're making on Instagram with the club face you have, it's just gonna go really wrong. It just like I sent. I sent this like uh, a couple of years ago. I sent this like there was this like Brooks kept and Brooks has this really bowed like left wrist, and I sent this like slow motion like left wrist video to Janko. I'm like, yeah, this is what we're trying to work on, and he's like, no, absolutely not. He's like Brooks. He's like <laughs> Brooks plays with a shut club face. His swing direction is this. He's like, please stop watching YouTube, and I was like. I felt like I got scolded and that was the moment when I was like, I don't know what I'm talking about. And there are so many different matchups and everybody's body moves differently. There's a whole business on YouTube and you can generate a lot of views, but I think it's, it is like anything in life where like the best relate goes to, to see somebody in person. And I don't even go on YouTube anymore. I watch it for fun. I'll watch like professional golf or I'll watch guys play, but I texted you a question last night and that's how I've replaced YouTube in my life. Well, for that you know, it, it's, you know, online, um, you know, Zoom, golf instruction, um, these different apps, like as long as you're seeing somebody, it doesn't need to be necessarily in person. Like you can see somebody. Um, just keep it consistent so that the things that they're working on with you and the philosophies they have um, can be can be sort of transferred all the way through like the vision they have for you. And if it's if it's somebody that understands you and your game, like it's never going to get old. You're going to keep building and moving on. But if you get with somebody who all of a sudden you feel like you're at the end of the road and you feel like they're telling you the same things over and over again, uh, maybe it's not the right person. Maybe you're not being coached as well as you are being taught the motions of your golf swing. So there, there, there are a few, like you guys call it the onion layers that you got to peel back. But what I like to do with my clients and students is, is to, you know, peel their onion back and see where they are and coach them and work with them um, to get them to where they want to be. And I think that in person, 
That's great. I was having a conversation with somebody about this the other day, how you can teach somebody um, through mobile apps and, and Zoom and services. Um, I think it's a little harder to coach somebody. Um, and that's where the in-person, finding an in-person instructor is great. Yeah, I was going to ask that that your world must have, must have changed so much over the last few years, especially with Zoom. And you mentioned taking lessons currently on Zoom. How does a lesson differ through Zoom versus, you know, in person? What are the things you'd be looking for? What are the things you're picking up? How does the technology impact that stuff? Obviously, you're not going to have the statistics that you'd have uh, in person. So how, how do those two differ? I think that when you're working with somebody um, through Zoom or or um, you're not directly with them, I think that both people need to have language and they really need to understand what they're doing and what they're trying to get across. Um, I think sometimes that um, when you're working with people through Zoom or you know through a mobile app, um, there can be a little bit of a disconnect because both people don't have the same language and context to be able to reference. Um, that's where I sort of see the biggest, you know, challenge with with you know seeing somebody remotely. What do you think about? Um, I just had this conversation the other day. Fr friend of the program, guy that I have done a lot of business with, uh, has an overlap in golf. He's been listening to podcasts. He's like, yeah, I got to get into instru instruction. Guy in my, he goes, the guy, in my, I'm going to go get lessons from this guy in my area. He's old school though. And I said, what does, what does that mean? And he's like, well, he's like, I know you go to this guy and you got track man and you got video. He's like, he doesn't use any of that. What's, what's your reaction to that today and in 2023 and not, I don't want to lead the witness here, but like, isn't that kind of great? Like it hasn't track man given us just a whole other level of coaching that wasn't possible before. I'm just worried about this guy's going to go to someone and be like, here's how I've always done it. Here's how the swing works. This is, you know, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, just a, a little bit of my background um, is uh, I'm in northern Vermont. I'm I'm literally two miles from the Canadian border. Um, I grew up in Texas. I grew up on Long Island. I grew up playing amateur golf, and there was a point where I would I wanted to walk away from Long Island. I'm a skier, so I moved up to Vermont. Um, got in the golf business so I could be a ski bum and just work in golf in the summer. Um, I was lucky enough when I was back on Long Island to get some good golf instruction through a club that my cousin was a member at because I was I was a Beth Page guy. I was an out east guy. Like I was just trying to go anywhere I could to get on a golf course. So when I moved up to Vermont, um, I got involved in the community of golf. I started playing in the Vermont PGA and started making my way through the industry. I realized, wow, there's, there's, you know, there's not a lot as far as golf instruction up here. I couldn't really find a place to get a lesson. So, um, I, although I had some good lessons when I was younger, um, I, didn't really have mentors. I didn't have a whole lot of people to go back to to reference. So technology for me has been a way to do all the schooling for it. Um, it has been a real key way of how I've figured out how to navigate golf instruction 
as well as playing it and being able to apply those pieces together. So when you go back to the question of, um, you know, old school, I just feel that there might be a little bit of knowledge that they're missing out on because they're not taking advantage of the new technology. And, and number one, the schooling that goes along with it, if you're a golf instructor, TrackMan University, um, the sports box, 3D app that I use and the schooling I do for that, the, the biomechanics and the, you know, the kinematics for the body track and, you know, all of these different schools that you do along the way are, I mean, the knowledge is unbelievable. So you, you couple that with doing some, some schooling and, you know, I think that's why there's so many great players coming from all over the world is because there's people like me in the corner of Vermont, like, you know, that, that can access all of this information and you can be as good as you want to be. Cause you, you know, back in the day, you used to have to be in these little pods where the top golf instructors were and where the top players were in order to really advance. So I, you know, that, that's sort of my feeling about that is, you know, old school instruction is great. It's feel, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of knowledge that you can get from old school, but I think just, you know, having the new technology and, and taking advantage of the education pieces is huge. Yeah. You wouldn't recommend someone go see a doctor that doesn't use like MRI equipment or something, right? I mean, a hundred percent. That's perfectly, perfectly put Casey. Couldn't say it any better myself. Well, it's like, there's a whole crew of like, you know, in the, in the small business world, there's a lot of, you know, legacy small business owners that haven't brought like software and technology into the, into the business. And I think track TrackMan is just another, to give you a perfect example of this, right? Dave and I have been working together for over a year now regularly. Yesterday, I have a busy day with my kids. They put on a movie. I pop out for what I book a simulator time. I pop out from one to two o'clock. My kids are watching a movie. My wife's hang, hanging out at home. I go to the track man. Him and I, I know what to work on because we work on these things together. And so I start swinging in a certain way and I see certain numbers on the track, man. I'm not just out there guessing on the range. I went and I, on December 10th yesterday, I got to spend an hour uh, in Vermont. It's snow, snowing six inches today and got to go and grind and, and get better. And having that indoor facility has just like opened up this, this whole new world. Jenko, for you, talk about the journey from, how did you go from being this, you know, you were on the standard path of like becoming a golf, uh, of being in the golf professional world, right? You got to work at a club. And I don't mean this in a disrespectful way to anybody listening, but you, you got to work at a club. You got to fold the shirts. You got to make sure that, you know, Sandy's bacon, egg and cheese, you know, comes out on time. Like you got to deal with all handwriting. You gotta, right, why do they, why do the pros? It could be a, the best handwriting, handwriting could be a podcast in itself. I, I have think so that many that's questions why I left that. the golf business because so my calligraphy sucks. <laughs> Okay. Embrace so now, technology. Now, now they have this way of just putting a TV up and having it all. So handwriting. We yeah. were literally at the pro am in Vegas, and I'm watching that. We're sitting there eating after a round. I'm watching the guy come over. He's got he's you know 60 teams. He's got to write you know Agawam Hunt, and he's like. <laughs> he's got the most permanent marker in the history of markers. Yeah, there's no I mean, mistakes that can be made. It's it's it really is impressive to see. Back in the day, PGA school had a class on calligraphy. Get out you know? of here. Is oh, that true? I, I, I don't doubt it. it. I thought you had not, to pass the class. Yeah. I am not kidding you. Uh, but there was a portion of, of it that was calligraphy. I did not. 
I did. <laughs> there's, a clip, there's your clip for the week, Case. In that, it was not good. So, so how, when did you when when did you have this? So, so now you know, like I, I yes, you're a golf professional, but I also think of you as an entrepreneur. Uh, when, how did you make this jump uh, from from teaching at a club to like I'm going to go start my own business? I'm going to build an indoor facility. Like, where did that where did that come from? Um, I mean, probably the biggest, uh, the biggest driver of it was, was my kids, right? The, the golf industry in new England for six months is, is incredibly difficult. Um, I give all of my PGA professionals in new England and around the country who work in a very seasonal, um, atmosphere, a, a ton of credit. Um, I really do. Um, so um, there's that piece of it that I think was really important. Now, another piece of it was, is that, um, I really try to play and keep up with my game. Um, and in the summer you're just grinding. Right. And then actually this is a good, can out. you, can you set some, set some context for people listening about, about your game? Like, um, just recent accomplishments, you know, I, I know you can go deep. I've seen, I've seen some competitive, I've seen some 62s out of you in tournaments, but let's just give people some context as your ability as a, a player. Um, I mean, well, when I was a kid, my, I live with my father in Texas and my goal is to play division one college golf. Uh, my family's history sort of had another, uh, had another idea of, of what was going to happen in my life. Um, so I moved back to New York. And I quit playing for 10 years. Um, I was in the electrician's union during that time uh, in construction. And then I worked for this company, Artel Electric, these four brothers who were golf nuts. And they I owe everything I have almost today to them because they – one day I get in the, the jobbing van and I'm driving to work. I actually open the back door, put my tool bag in, and I see some golf clubs. So I get in the front and in my New York way, John, brother John, he's 6'6", 320 pounds. I get in and I'm like, you don't play golf. And he looks over and says, yeah, I do, in this really deep voice. So we start getting into it. Um, and he's like, bring your clubs and we'll go play. And so – Long story short, that's how I got back into the game. I quit from like 18 to 28 um, and jumped maybe a month or two after that. I signed up for the Long Island Amateur Stroke Play and I finished second. And so I was off to the races like I was I was kind of back into it. And um, I started getting more and more interested in playing competitive golf. So um, that was eventually I, I left New York. I moved up to um, Vermont and I got into the Vermont PGA. And um, I, I really, really, really competitive golf took over for me. Um, and um, playing in Vermont PGA programs, I started to play well. And I'm like, I, I, I started to go down into the New England section, started playing there, getting dusted by those folks down there and and I could play in a one day I couldn't play in a two day because I had this you know swinging 12 degrees to the right eight degrees to the right and every once in a while I couldn't control the face and I'd hit a crazy hook so um so I just started like putting myself into you know bigger situations and trying to push my game further um and now you know I've been in the PGA now for about a little over 10 years 
I've accomplished pretty much everything you can accomplish as far as Vermont PGA professional. I've qualified for five uh, PGA professional national championships. Um, that's how I met um, Eric Higgins there, Mr. Casey's guy from Webb Hammett, super Webb Hammett, super good player. Um, and I, I've just been trying to, you know, make my way through the business and, and surround myself with some of the best to try and make my game better. Um, so I, I think, you know, to answer your question, it's, it's gotten to a pretty good level. Um, it can always be better. I'm about to turn 50, so I'm trying to push myself a little bit more. So obviously you're playing in a lot of New England events. How did, how did growing up in Texas, learning the game in Texas, how does that influence how you see a course, like a New England course? And can you, could you tell by playing with someone else if they, you know, grew up somewhere near where you did the style of course and does that help you at all? Such a good question, honestly, because I grew up, the reason I swung seven, eight out was my golf instructors down there. Uh, Back with the old Balada ball, you used to have to swing, trap it, keep that thing low, keep it out of the wind or else uh, it it would spin off the earth. So um, yeah, when I came back up to New England and started playing golf there, you got elevated greens front to back. You can't be coming in low with a lot of, uh, you know, as we call top spin or spin access on it for that ball to release on you and go over the green. So you had to, you know, and the new ball allows you to hit a little bit more square, um, you know, be able to control the spin a little bit better so you can land it, come down with a little more land angle, land it a little softer. Um, so yeah, it, it required a lot of change in my game and my pattern in order to play in the Northeast as opposed to down South for sure. The Texas thing. That wasn't that Hogan's Hogan's big thing was a hook too, right? He was most people until Jack, I think, right? Like most people until Jack, um, really, where they they hooked the ball, but he he was just so strong, he could hit it that little cut and still work it hard. Case, I can't even, I can't. This is why we got to do a segment. When we're going to get you up here, we're going to film you because I I can't even fathom when I started going to Janko, my swing direction was seven to ten degrees left. This guy is saying his swing direction was eight to twelve degrees right. I couldn't. I could not. I can't even manipulate my body. It's so hard for me it's to even ball. swing it like three or four degrees right. And I think this goes all the way back to like, ah, if you're not, if your instructor, if you're getting, if you don't have that data, if you don't have that calibrated somehow, and you're just out there on the range with some eyeball, it's like, man, that that information is so valuable because I don't need to know the golf swing. I can I can go and hit balls and be like, well, this this ain't right, <laughs> and you can start to do that, right? Like, well, it sounds like you can leave homework, right? Like actual homework for for people to go home and and work. No on. No doubt about it. You know, and you you have these, you know, you have you have to have a certain club face to make those patterns work. Right. So, you know, they, they talk about club face is king. And of course it is because if, if your club face is in the right position, you're going to have difficulties. But when you're trying to move from eight degrees, you know, if, if the center of, if, if zero is the center of the screen and you take your, you take your hula hoop that you're swinging on and you tilt it out to the right by 10 degrees, you have to have a certain club face for that to come back into the ball or to come back to the target. So, you know, when you start to change that much, 
um, and you get outside and you have lies and you have wind and you have all these other factors that play in, um, it, it, it's hard to like to move your body in such a different way and change your club face and then believe it. Right. That's the thing is you got to like with technology, you buy, you, you, you create buy-in like people are like, yeah, no, I don't think so. And I'm like, well, here, look. Well, this is also the problem, right? The problem with YouTube is that it's like democratized golf or the perception of golf knowledge. And so, um, you know, Jenko's become buddies with this guy, David Orr, who is a, a tour level putting coach and, he came up last winter and he, he, I got a putting lesson from him and he, he talked to a group of us and he said, um, the number one problem with amateurs is that you don't know how to take a lesson. <laughs> yeah. And what he meant by that is we are, and, and I mean, you know, this is cue every golf situation, like go to any golf range in America right now. And there is a 12 handicap giving a lesson to his wife, telling her that he knows. Right. And so, so you apply that to Keep like, your head we, down, don't sway. Like you think you have all the answers, you you go in and it's like it's very it's very humbling. I still have arguments with guys that I play with or am friendly with them. Like man, the track it's a source of truth, and I think that in order to get better, you, you need that. And it's given like, well, I've always heard it this way. No, I'm literally we're looking at this data together, and <laughs> it's I, it's pretty black and white, right? Like I always tell like I tell my juniors that I coach, right when they're frustrated, I'm like. Hold on, hold on. You you have to understand that you chose the hardest game to play. There is so much going on. So if you can't understand that you're going to have a hard time and it's going to be difficult to change, and then bring it to the golf course, maybe there's another game for it. It's funny. I was going to ask you, um, my history, my background with lessons, I think I took a, a handful of them in high school. And I'm I'm currently a eleven handicap. I like you. I, That's I, good I golf. well, like you. I quit at eighteen um, after high school. I only quit for about five years. You took a longer layoff than I did, but I it took me a while when I came back. It takes to the game, me longer so. to do everything, Casey. <laughs> well, I'm, I I wish I didn't take so much time off. But when I came back to the game, I was probably like a twenty or an eighteen. And I worked my way down to about a nine. Had a few kids back up to an eleven, but. Uh, my biggest issue always taking lessons was, well, I would, you know, depending on the person, they'd try to change my swing and I'm such a, I'm a, I'm a tall guy, long arms. So I, I'm a real, uh, big feel golfer. Yeah. Uh, I struggle with just consistency on ball striking, but the, the biggest issue for me is I could never take, I, I could do whatever the lesson was teaching me there, but I could never take it you know, two weeks later, a week later, a few days later to the golf course and remember, or just have that feedback cycle. I was going to ask you, like, how do you help, you know, once people leave, um, the golf garage or wherever you're teaching them, how do you, how do you stay on them? But it sounds like track men and like we're talking about homework. That's, that's the way that's a big advantage from when I was taking lessons. Yeah. Um, you know, when I opened my facility, I, I, I literally left my job at Burlington country club and I was like, okay, let's give this a shot. We were during the, like right around the pandemic. Um, might've been towards the tail end of it. My, we were, we had let, we had moved out of a house about a half hour from us. We bought some property. We were getting ready to build a new house. We were living with my in-laws. 
I mean, life was sort of upside down. And I tell my wife, I'm leaving my job. I'm going to open up my own business. And she's like, wait a second, what? So anyway, created buy-in, right? Just like student at golf. You got to create buy-in. Um, well, there's so, also a, there's also a certain uh, entrepreneurial personality type that you are, which is like, I don't know how, but we're going to figure this fucking thing out. We're going to figure <laughs> and it I, out. And I need that pressure to do this. No doubt. So I just started, I got a, a buddy of mine owned a building by me. And he, he was super instrumental in allowing me to do this, helping me get started. But I just started teaching as much as I could. But always my vision was is I needed to have at least one other simulator bay. So when people walk away from me, they have a place to go work on this stuff. So I created a membership model. I have a keypad access just like a gym. And um, so people can walk away and they can come back in and they can use TrackMan. They can use the metrics of TrackMan to work on their game they understand, hey, listen, it's not going to feel good. It, it is just not. But when you look at these certain metrics, you know you're doing it the right way. So then you can create buy-in and you can go and continue the work on that yourself as well. Um, I, I deal with it. I know where you're coming from, feel player. Um, you know, there's plenty of people out there like that. And I'm not saying that what I do is going to be always right for everybody. But... I will say that pretty much every person that's come into the studio and, you know, I'd say 99.9% .9 of people that come in buy in because they immediately, you, you ask them to do something, you talk with them about it, you, you work through it, they see ball flight change, they see the numbers change and they go, okay. Hold on, my dog Potter it just oh, really wants to go. Potter, out. hold on one second. Potter, this is a dog podcast. We, we this love is dogs. A, yeah, we got dogs all the time. Oh, he's trying to get the squirrels. Sorry, guys. <laughs> is that a, is he a golden doodle? He's actually a a regular poodle, but we got him with the what they call the teddy bear haircut. Cool, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, okay. so, so you're talking about people people coming in there and and buying in. I also think, um. What's so cool about what you've done is we're up in Vermont, man. Like we're not down in Florida. Like you've created this golf culture and golf, you know, golf garage. It, it's, it's, I could go there at any, I could go there at eight o'clock on a Friday night. I could go there at 12 o'clock on a Saturday. There's almost always going to be someone else in there. And it's, it's not who you expect. It's a, it's a young kid, an older woman. It's a old, uh, two, two friends. It's, it's crazy. And it's, it's so cool. Like, I think one of the reasons that I've, you know, felt such an affinity towards you is not, not because, not just because of the instruction, but like what, what you're building has relit this flame for me in golf. And I quit for a long time, but then also I just, it was so frustrating because you'd be done in October or November, right? Even down in Massachusetts, you're, you know, you're not playing golf from guaranteed December to April. You got to go, you know, you take a trip with your buddies in Florida in March, but you play like shit. Yeah. And I was like, ah, this game is so hard. What this has given me now is an all year round 
in all year round level. And, and I, I love playing, but I love, I love practicing. I love the grind. It's given me a, it's, it's more about like, I don't have, I'm, I'm not going to be a, a, a professional, whatever. I want to be like a mildly competitive amateur, but it's given me this, this hobby. And I love the, this onion that we talk about. And I think what, what your facility has done is created that opportunity for so many people. And you know, you could you could have a couple for for the cost of a a low end gym membership. You can be in there working on your game in a controlled environment, and you know you you got your music on. Like you know, we're in there listening to Gangstar or, or most like we're we're hitting balls, having fun. It's it's created that level of uh, it just changed my relationship with with golf, and I'm I'm so lucky to to have that. Right? Yeah. It, it- you know, my whole philosophy with the place has been it's golf is now year round. You don't have to put it down. You can come in and you, you, by all means, you don't have to be working out of 10 hours a week. It's like if you come in one, once a week for, you know, those, those four months over the winter, or you can do twice a week and you get a lesson every couple of weeks just to keep going. When, when that snow melts and you get you get outside, you don't feel like you don't waste, especially up here, right? You got maybe five months, maybe. If you have a membership somewhere, you spend the first month trying to dig it out of the ground, <laughs> right, right. right? Like like ripping up beaver pelts because the <laughs> ground is still super, super soggy. And, and then like my busiest time of the year is probably june for instruction because people spent all winter on on youtube and on instagram like i got it i got to figure it out and then they go out there and they're just laying the sod over and it's like you know cha-ching you know people coming in so i mean i try to like and i'm even working on that with people that work with me like i'm trying to Um, I'm trying to make this, like, I'm trying to take those peaks and valleys away and I'm trying to make golf for the people that work there, the people that play golf in Vermont. I'm trying to just sort of flatline it a little bit so it can become more enjoyable and it's not so frustrating. Of course, it's always going to have its times, but I mean, we can, when with this philosophy, new technology, Working on your game year round, like it can be a lot more enjoyable when you get outside. I I do the year round membership so people can come in in the summer and, and hit balls in there, right? And you use TrackMan, like you're gonna get a lot more out of that than you are going out buying two buckets of large balls and being like, oh, that felt good, and working on that field for five of them, and then hitting a hosel rocket. Oh, I got a new feel, right? Like it just. It's insanity, but when you when you get and you use the power of this technology, it, it's 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 really kind of amazing. Speaking of technology, I wanted to ask you your opinion on uh, the rollback and all that news that came out last week. No, but, but really specifically, no, you, no, you no, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, go. I was going to say specifically, like you've been playing it. and teaching for a while, but I wanted to start with where, like, what at what point in your golf teaching or even playing uh career did you start noticing golf technology making like a significant difference to the amateur golfer oh boy that's a good question um i guess when they went from a persimmon wood to a metal wood when they went (laughs) from a a wound ball to a to a solid core ball i don't i mean 
it just it, feels like it's it, always been been evolving alongside. It's always been evolving, yeah. right? And, and I mean, you you have you know uh, what is it, Lamp Lamprec? You got this. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. The kid from South Africa, right now. You know, the, the other day you see it on Instagram. He hit it four twenty. I, I I I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, it's probably downwind, downhill. It's probably a, a, an air, airport runway he's hitting onto. But, I mean, it's amazing how far people are hitting it. But then again, like, a lot of the people that I teach that are hitting 7-iron 90 yards, do they need to be hitting at 75? No. So, like, I, that's that's what I'm looking where I'm coming from. If, if people are going to play pro golf and hit it 400 yards – and they're playing for millions of dollars. Who? I mean, for me, I don't really care that much. I mean, I'd rather hit a seven iron than a six iron, right? Or I mean, or a six iron rather than a seven iron. I mean, it's just you're going to get more spin, be able to can you know be able to land the ball a little bit more vertical. So I think that according to the USGA golf's governing body in the United States, the average male amateur golfer hits driver two hundred and seventeen yards. Bingo. Right. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. And I don't know. I don't know. You know, there's so much going on in the golf world right now. With, I mean, it is just insane. Is this the right time? That's exactly what I said. Could is you pick a better right time, time than right now? Do we need another yeah. divisive thing in the, in the world of golf? It's crazy. Do, do we really need to do this right now, USGA? I, I don't know. Maybe that was a strategy. Maybe yeah, that was a strategy. It. Hide it, hide it under there. Man, Sounds like a very weird thing to do. <laughs> bury <laughs> it, bury it, buried, buried in the meadowlands somewhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> Dave and I have a PR background. That's that's what we would do. Yeah, you guys Look, I mean, if the the golf golf has been like you talk about the Saudis and sports watch, it's been washed. That's already it's happened. It's already over. There. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an there. amazing about face everyone's done on that. This is why, look, uh, the frustrating thing is like that there's going to be some impact on a small number on, on amateur golfers, but like, ah, I hate, I don't really care. I love golf now. I'm all in. I'm going to play this damn game regardless of John Rom going to live, regardless of whatever they do with the golf ball. Like I'm, I'm going to play golf. And so like, I've had a hard time like formulating a strong opinion on this other than like, damn it, I'm still going to get out there and go play. And I don't care. Give me an old ass set of clubs, and I'm still gonna go have fun and try try to go play. But yeah, no doubt about it. And, and because to me, it's like it's like the like if we had a good if, if if we had a good group, if we had the four of us, we threw balls on the first tee, we were playing a Nassau five five ten, everybody's having a good time. Like, give me the old ping i two irons or whatever, right? And we're gonna go have a fun a fun time with it. Yeah, Golf? I mean, at the end of the day, I mean. The, the more you can do to make people enjoy themselves, the better the sport is. I mean, and, and the better off it is for everybody that plays it. So, you know, I think that uh, a lot of what's going on and, and, you know, golf means so much to me because it pulled me out of like a hole that was my life. And I moved up to Vermont and, and golf sort of gave me a new life and things have just like really gone well, you know, um, I was at, I was going to ask you about that actually. I thought that was a nice, golf industry. A nice and, little uh, a nice segment because like we talk about the like in the long game like it's it's about it's about more than the PGA Tour. It's a long game, and you're somebody who 
golf so personally has impacted your your life. I just want to chat about 100%. that. percent. You know, and then, you know, and then, you know, I see like how much golf means to me and what it's done for me, giving me another chance sort of, um, you know, to, to restructure things and, and get my life kind of on track and, you know, be able to, to have the wife and family I have now, you know, uh, my, I'm up here all the way in the Northeast kingdom, my daughter, like I go, I ski with her all the time. She's in the U10 program at Burke Mountain Academy, which put out Michaela Schifrin, um, is a world-class place. Um, and, and I was able to get in this world because of golf. And when I see all of this stuff, it's like, come on, like, this is not what the game is about. Like, this is not what it means to people. Um, it's just getting, it's kind of getting, yeah, I hate to use the word gross, but in a way, like the stuff is getting gross, like stop already with, with the divisiveness and all the money and all the, it's like, like, let's do things to just make people like enjoy golf and make it about golf again. Totally. And that it, uh, this will be my last thing on the rollback. Cause I know everyone's sick of talking about it, but that was kind of my take on it last week was I was against it, but I didn't care at all about whatever distance I'm going to lose. It's the average golfer has been attacked so much in the last year, two years, first on the, on the consumption front, right? Like we're going to fracture the, the sport. You're not going to watch your best, uh, your favorite best players play against each other. So the golf viewer has been getting kicked around a little bit the last few years, but to me, the timing of the golf rollback stuff, it seemed like it was just a negative thing. Now we're coming for the amateur golfers, you know, your own Saturday game. And the messaging was poor, and I know it's not going to have the impact on on people of that level. But I just thought the optics of it was wrong, and uh, it's there's never been a better time to be a golf consumer. But everything else seems to be crumbling around the sport. So frustrating yeah, times. And, and you know, to that point, you know, to that point, when was it like this at its last? Um, you know the last time it was like this is the tiger boom. Right. And uh, I think that the golf industry got really wrong. They didn't learn how to, how to keep people and attract people, to the game and keep them there. And I think that what I'm doing with my facilities and what many other people in the country are doing with their facilities is that we're offering people a, diff a different route to go. Like there's plenty of people that, love indoor golf there's a lot of gamers out there that would rather play indoor golf it's really fun right it's not yeah it's not it, it it's it's not all about the crusty guy sitting at his club who wants to go out and be you know uh, you know be mr know-it-all it's like we need to do as an industry we need to grow and all of these things like we have such a tailwind and all these things are doing is creating a headwind for the game when it's like so prosperous. So I'm not, I'm not buying in. I'm creating a new way for people to enjoy the game, to work on their game, get better at the game and, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to keep that tailwind going for love that. For, and and for, it's like, it's, it's almost like I affect, it's almost like politics at, at, at a level, which is like, um, you can get caught up in the macro, but it's like the people at the local, le- like what's happening at the local level. And so for you, you've created this amazing little golf community and Kirk are continuing to do that in Vermont. And that's why one of the reasons why we wanted to have, have you on. And it's cool. Look, I got a hundred notes. I already wrote down. We're going to have you back on. Cause I want to talk about the game mentality on course for track is fun. we're, we're going to do more. Don't worry. Don't worry. This we're going to have fun. you back. We're going to, we got to flip over. We, we got to do some stuff while you're on here. We got to flip over and do, um, we're going to do inner OB and we have some listener emails that we specifically want to, want to cover while you, uh, while you're here. Um, we have this inner OB that we've been saving for a little bit and, uh, inner OB, if you're not familiar as a segment, it's a little like buy or sell. Is it inner OB? Um, I'm going to ask both of you guys, uh, Jenko, you can go first here since you're our guest today, uh, in or OB, uh, does a hole in one on a par three course count you and me, we're going to Pinehurst. We're going to Pinehurst in March. If I stuff one there at the cradle, 56 yard, little, little, you know, little, uh, 56 wedge for me hole in one. Do I count that or is it not counting? Um, well, coming from a guy who has never had one, I take a hole in one on a on a, a putt putt course. <laughs> I mean, I've been playing the game forever. I'll take a hole in one wherever I can get it. How do you not have a hole in one? I think is, it's in. How is, is, it's in. Who is it? Who? What did you do to the universe? You hit it too damn close to not have a hole in one. How is that My possible? My grandpa had thirteen of them. He took them all for the family. <laughs> yeah. Davey well, just back left-handed the back of the hole. He used to hit these laser beams. He couldn't hit it out of his shadow off the tee, but once he got inside a buck fifty, it was just straight on the stick. So I'm amazing. saying, I'm saying in, I'm saying putt putt hole in one counts. All right. I, I promise you I was gonna answer <laughs> this way before you started this, but as someone who does have a hole in one, I'm out on that because I want to protect the hole in one. Come on, the, man. the real ones. So no, that's out. I'm out on that. I mean, that's, that's just like, that's, that's just like the, that's just like the, uh, the, the golf ball rollback we were talking about. Yeah. If you hit it 400, you don't care if you hit it 120. So, so, I, so this is, I, I don't know. I haven't told this story on this pod, but, um, <laughs> I'm actually in between you guys. So I have one, but I was eight years old playing a par three course with my grandparents down in Florida. I hit a driver with them, went in, but like, I want one now. I Yardage? want, I want to, huh? What was the yardage? It was probably like, you know, 106 yards. Kind of wind? Uh, it was into the wind. <laughs> I'm not a good wind player. We can talk about that later. <laughs> but I want one now. I, I, want, I want like the, I want Casey's like a flush. protecting this hole in one over there. <laughs> I actually know a few, a few people with hole in ones on, on par three courses at a young age, like you, Dave. So I count that. I think there's a, there's a cutoff. I think here, here's here's the here's what I'm gonna say. We'll we'll differentiate it. Were you in the newspaper? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, I'm counting that as a home one. In in Boynton if Beach, you're, Florida. If you're young enough to qualify as like this is vanity news, like yeah, I'm counting. All right. Deal. Jenko, we're gonna get you. If, we gotta get if one. If Dave gets one at the at the cradle when you guys go down, I'm not counting it. All it's right. It's a cradle home one though. It's which will be electric. Case you got to enter OB, yeah, but you but you also got to buy everybody on the golf course drinks. It's no, true. I hate that rule. Terrible rule. <laughs> well, I got mine in the tournament with an open bar. Once in a while, I've been there a couple yeah. of times. No. When you get on the par three course, you come to number eight. There's a bar there. 
Some, every once in a while you roll up and they're just like, what do you want to drink? It's on, you know, the guy that's on the fifth hole right now just had a hole in one. He's got an open bar. It's a ridiculous roll. <laughs> Best thing that yeah. ever happens to you in your golf life is a financially crumbling thing. No, I'm not even a cheap, I'm not even a cheap guy. I'm happy to buy you drinks. I just think it's ridiculous that I got the whole, anyway, separate, separate conversation. Case, you got to enter OB. Well, that, this could be a good conversation. No, no, no. A, I'm, you better put a note down on that. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. <laughs> there's there's a whole there's a whole hole we could go down. That's right. <laughs> we could go down that path. All right, I, I got a quick one. So first, let me get your take on this. Does everyone like to play by themselves? Dave, do you go up by yourself? Who's first? One uh, of the days. I I did for a while and now now I don't. And I don't like to play by myself. And the reason why is because where I play at, it would be a fucking seven hour. It would be impossible and not enjoyable. Good point. Um I I don't like to play, but I like to practice by myself. I like to go out in the evening um, when I was working at a club or, you know, that when I go to the local place by me once in a while, I like to just go out there and it's, yeah. it's kind of nice to just kind of get in your own head a little bit, work on different shots and do Well, that's, that's actually really important. This is uh, not to hijack this, but this is really, that's a thing that you, you told me to do this year. And I, I wouldn't call it playing by myself, but like when we, when I was working on a specific feel and tee shots that were hard, I would go out to like say six hole at Vermont National or something. There's bunkers on the left. There's a there's water on the right. I would hit a spinny cut. I'd have to feel like I'm swinging out to the right. And so to, there, there's a huge difference between on course practicing, which is much. It's not playing by myself, but there's so much value that I see now in like going out and trying to hit specific shots on on the golf course, right? Yeah, you're gonna go. I mean, especially in that situation, you're just gonna go into like automatic mode. You're gonna sort of shut your brain off and go back to your old pattern that you've been, you know, swinging the club with for years and years and years. It's going to be hard for you to feel like as you're transitioning, you know, into a certain part of your lead foot, feeling a little bit of like right side bend, little right side tilt in your body, trying to get that plane, uh, your arms a little more behind you so you can swing the club out in front of you, have a different club face, like into the wind, playing with your buddies for money, bunker left, like, how do you do that? No, you got to go why, out there. Why, why, why are you asked, Case? Well, I guess I, I love playing by myself, especially now that I have kids. I can get out at 7.30 on a Thursday and be home in three and a half hours, maybe less. Um, but the reason I ask is I like when I go out early and I play by myself, I can fly. I like to play with headphones in. So my question, in and in or out, headphones on a golf course. Oh, I can't even if let you're you not, If you're oh. not holding up people, I'm not talking about that. If you just, you're the first one out, you get the whole course to yourself, um, in or out on that. It's absolutely. This is, no, this is not a knock on you. This is a personal. AirPods. Personally. AirPods. Part of the, being out there. Things, part of being. <laughs> imagine. Put the cans on. Yeah, you probably think things. I'm like mowing or something. <laughs> you have to say, hey, hey, buddy. <laughs> they got an antenna on him. Hey, <laughs> this guy a member? Who is this guy? <laughs> so I, I was a huge, a huge fan of playing with with uh, headphones until an incident this summer. I was out by myself, and I almost got attacked by like a family of turkeys. 
And I know turkeys don't seem threatening, but they'll scale, scare the shit out of you at 7.30 in the morning. Uh, and then like a week later, my course put out a, a um, Instagram of like a black bear on the same hole where I almost got attacked by the turkeys. So now I don't do that anymore. But I, I'm sure there's a, a lot of um, predators that will take you down in, in Vermont as well. But I, I, I don't know. When you practice, Dave, do you no. do you ever any any headphones? Um, you usually, usually not. I try to, I just enjoy being, being out there. It's a, it's, it's like a, recently I've actually switched in the last six months. So I don't, I don't run with headphones either. And there's such something like once you get into a rhythm, just being out there, whoa, um, whoa. I'll, I'll chip, I, I, I can chip, I can chip around, chip around, maybe catch up on a podcast, but, uh, I'm, I'm going to say that's OB for me. running without headphones is that's like, no, no, that's, that's worse when you get, like no, no. That's when you get deep. That's when you. That's when you really find out what's going on in that when I run, sick mind of yours. When I run, every step is just pain. It's just like this sucks. This sucks. That's why if I, if I you, you'll see me probably like one day just jogging with a basketball dribbling because it's like the only I, I gotta, thing that will take. I got to move us. It. I got to move us along. We got a listener email and we're Go we're reading it. this because Janko's here. Uh, this email came in from Z uh, ZG. Hold on uh, a second. I got to go back to the 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 head the. <laughs> I never oh, got to go in or OB. Hold on a second go. here, pal. We gotta we gotta slow your roll here. Hey, I, let me I get a to... let me get a pork roll, egg and cheese. Uh, Dave's got ahead. a lesson. Yeah. No, sausage, egg and cheese. Over easy. Taylor ham. <laughs> That's Jersey. Okay, my bad, my bad. <laughs> That's Jersey. <laughs> That's Jersey. Uh the, in or OB I, headphones. I would say OB just because when somebody hits when somebody hits that mighty hook or slice and you can't hear board <laughs> Casey almost got attacked you don't have, so you don't have turkey related uh, <laughs> turkey related concerns got it um, can I ask real quick Dave just w one more yeah so last week we had a pretty contentious one where I asked Dave um, something I saw online would he rather play at his local course with Phil Mickelson or Augusta National by himself he said well I won't even I'm, I'm sure you heard but Dave um your your take on that uh my take is augusta by myself all day right and you run with headphones too right yeah like a normal person <laughs> okay. i can't Where? stand i can't stand to listen to myself your thoughts gasping <laughs> gasping for air just wanted to make sure so i'm the so, right. which. so the so uh i'm i'm playing I'm playing Green Hill in Worcester with Phil Mickelson. You guys can have your have your fun at Augusta. <laughs> we we had a we had a section event at Green Hill. I I, I wasn't able to make it to it. So yeah, look, I I've played enough golf with you now. If I could have you mic'd up playing that course, that would be a, a content of its own. <laughs> All right, maybe we'll have to do that as a segment. That would be fun. Oh, all right, here we got. So, so case, good, good job, good, good podcasting there. <clears throat> we got a listener email related to that question. Casey asked me, would I rather play Augusta solo or local muni with Phil? <laughs> this email's from ZG. Dave, you can have Augusta. Uh, Dave, you can have Augusta. I don't want any part of it. Gerhardt. Uh, all right, I'm on Team Casey and now Team Janko here. I'm lucky enough to have played some top 100 golf courses and played some rounds with professional golfers, meaning I'm an insurance agent. Okay. I've played with your boy, Patrick Cantlay. I've played with Bubba Watson, etc. It's overrated. They suck in person, especially your boy Cantlay. I'd rather walk the epic course. It's unforgettable. I have no desire to chat with Phil ZG. And he sent in a picture of him and Project Pat Cantlay 
That's that's real. That's definitely Patrick Cantlay. <laughs> or what so, a cutout? Would you know the difference? Uh, I mean, he looks like he could be dead at any time. Like it could be a it could be a frozen version of him at any time. So that's fine. Great email. Uh, all right, Case. Why don't you set up the other one? I texted Janko those the pictures of those the ball markers and the, yeah, we got another one. Um, someone whose dad was going on a golf trip with some friends. Uh, an older dad said, my pops is uh, inventorying the bag in preparation for a golf trip to Florida is 54 balls, not not all pictured. We'll have to post these pictures. And 28 divot tools enough for a three-day trip. Dave, any, uh, as, as, a, as a pro, as a pro. Um, yeah, what would, you, what would you say here? This uh, is our Ask a Pro uh, se- segment. Ask a pro. Is, is 54 balls and 28 divot tools too much, enough, just right? What do you think? Well, if he's going to be handling his bag the entire time by himself, I would say go for it. But as a as a golf professional, uh, when that guy shows up, it's a nightmare. <laughs> I've seen some people that show up. <laughs> this guy's got twenty clubs. It's like and, I'm here for my be lesson. Hitting a lot of greens and regulation and repairing a lot of ball marks. Also, the 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 picture of the balls is like. <laughs> it's literally every one of those balls would pass the rollback though. You there's <laughs> getting ahead of it. Unreal. If you're if you have a caddy carrying that, what's the tip? Doesn't even matter the course. It's really about the bag. Four thousand dollars, five thousand dollars. You don't. The the caddy's not carrying that bag. He's got another bag in the back that he pulls out and throws his clubs into. Yeah. yeah. That's 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 out of the question. Another great email, though, so thanks. Keep those coming. Keep them coming, longgamepod at gmail.com. Dave Jankowski, owner of Golf Garage, friend of the program. We're going to have you back a bunch of times. And what's the Thank socials? You. People should follow Dave. Uh, social is, let me, let me. I'm, I'm his uh, part-time social media go, uh, uh, helper. Come on, uh, he's, yeah. he's He's, he's great. He's great at the golf stuff. Uh, it's Golf Garage, I think. It's Golf Garage VT. VT. Yeah. And then Janko underscore golf coaching. That's right. Hit him up. He's and thanks for being a big supporter of the pod, or as my dad would call it, the blog. The blog. <laughs> Do you guys have you guys? It, it's it's so nice to have a blog like this, where <laughs> like nor like normal people from outside the uh, the world of South Florida can can put something together that might be interesting for people to listen to. Yeah. Well, this We're is going to be you know we'll we'll have you back. I got a bunch of hats we got to bring down to the to the golf cart to support the lo- the login. Let's do it. I enjoyed it. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Long Game Podcast. Best part of the podcast for me, Case, you too, is uh, the volume of listener emails we've been getting. So send them in. We'd love to get your comments, your crazy golf stories, your run-ins with Patrick Cantlay, whatever they might be. That's longgamepod at gmail.com, and we will talk to you next week. All right? Rory, come on the pod. He's talking the long game. And they played the long game.